the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. If you've gone through and you've taken care of your client from every step of the process, during the during unit, on your end, you've met their expectations on the before unit, and then you take care of during the during unit, and the after unit, when you're still sort of staying in front of them, they're going to refer all their cases to you because you've exceeded their expectations. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on, bud? Tyson, my good man. How are you? Good. Good weekend. How about you? Excellent. Excellent. So this week, this is what we're going to talk about. We are talking about thinking about our law practice, our law firm from our client's perspective. You know, I think a lot of times attorneys who are running, running, running around doing their practice don't spend much time thinking about how what we do and what we say is received by the potential plaintiff or client. And so I think a lot of times that we ignore how things are perceived and we don't really script out how our office looks when someone comes in, what response we give to them when they come in, how we're set up to welcome them into our office, how our support staff interacts with them, and then how we present ourselves to the clients. And I think that attorneys would be much better off spending some time thinking that through, and and I thought that'd make a good topic for us to talk about today. It really is a good topic. And it's funny because we're going to have Jill Nelson in the near future. We're trying to figure out what date she's going to come on. She's the founder of Ruby Receptionist. And so a lot of what she talks about is when people call in, you know, making sure you have a a nice cheery voice on the other end of the phone, someone, uh, you know, a, a warm body to actually answer the phone. And they've got call scripts that they use that you usually provide to them. But really scripting it out from start to finish is a really, really good way to create the consistency in your firm. And I think if you think about it, sort of like McDonald's, you know, if you go into a McDonald's, whether you like eating their food or not, if you go to McDonald's, they're pretty much all the same. You know, the drive-thrus are all set up the same. When you walk in, the lines are all set up the same. You pay the same. You pick up your food the same way. You go and fill up your drink the same way. So it's really, really consistent no matter where you go, especially for the people on the podcast that are listening to podcasts that want to expand and grow. It's really important where if you have multiple offices set up, they should be set up the same way. Uh, They shouldn't be set up differently. It would make no sense. You need to have the consistency. Yeah, and I think that for the most part, 
when we go into a doctor's office or our accountant's office or any kind of office setting, we all can remember instances that were bad, that were negative, that we felt sort of slighted or put off. I think for the most part, what we're talking about, though, is competing against average and making things remarkable. And if we want to push ourselves to deliver a remarkable client experience, then, you know, it's fine to just answer the phone and say, hello, Hacking Law Practice, this is Marwan, how may I help you? And then to just go from there sort of in a rudimentary way. But I think that us as attorneys and as business owners could benefit from spending a little bit of time brainstorming on how to make the experience memorable in in a good way. So I think that with any interaction with our firm, we're always thinking about the frowny face the average face and then the smiley face. And I think that it's a really tricky thing to get to the smiley face stage. That's true. Very true. And it's it's really hard sometimes. And I, I think you really have to step back and think about it. And you'd asked this question before, you know, about you'd asked me if I've ever had to hire an attorney, right? And we kind of went through the process before of looking up the inter- the attorney on the internet and all that. If you step back from that, you think that, okay, what's the process that I'm expecting if I'm looking for an attorney? Like, if I go to the website, what do I expect? What do I expect to see? What information do I expect to get? And then calling into the actual law firm, what do I expect on the other end? So whenever you start thinking about it that way as the client, you put yourself in the client's shoes, that's going to give you, one, you're going to do that step and 99% of other attorneys aren't doing that sort of thing. So you're really thinking about it a little bit further. But your your clients, when they call in, they're going to be better served because you, or you're going to, one, meet their expectations. But two, you're going to go a step further and you're going to exceed their expectations. And that's really important. I mean, if the end game in a lot of these is you, you've got to get that positive review after you take your client and do a really, really good job, that's going to lead to more clients. It's really tough these days, marketing and, and competing with all these other firms. And if you've gone through and you've, you've taken care of your client from every step of the process during the during unit, and on your end, you've met their expectations on the before unit, and then you take care of during the during unit. In the after unit, when you're, you're still sort of staying in front of them, they're going to refer all their cases to you because you've exceeded their expectations. And that's really, if you think back to the, the lifetime client value that we talked about before, that's how this all just sorts of regenerates itself. You start to, it snowballs, you get more and more clients from us. Yesterday, I was listening to Dean Graziosi's recent talk at the Genius Network on the 10X Talk podcast with Joe Polish and Dan Sullivan. And he was talking about secret shopping, his experience. You know, So when he does his secret shopper, what he does is he asks them to just say one thing. How do you feel when you go to our website? How do you feel when you raise your hand and get emails back from us? How do you feel when you decide to purchase a $20,000 product from us? How do you feel after you've purchased it? And, and you know, obviously the secret shopper is using fake money, but he just wants them to sort of go through the process and each time asking them, you know, what reaction are you having to this aspect? What, you know, really drilling down, getting granular to the overall steps of each step of the experience. And he said that the feedback that he gets back on it is pretty remarkable that it really helps him tweak what it is that he's doing. That's a really good one. What's the question he asked again? How are you feeling? How do you feel? How does this make you feel? How do you feel when you call? How do you feel when you talk to our support staff? How do you feel when you arrive in the office? How do you feel when you sit in the conference room waiting for the attorney? How do you feel 
when the attorney comes in? How do you feel when the attorney is listening to you? How do you feel when you're done talking to the attorney? How do you feel when you sign the contract? How do you feel when you spend the money? How do you feel when you leave and go home? Do you have buyer's remorse? You know, I'm taking what he said and overlaying it across the hiring and attorney spectrum. And then I guess, how do you feel during the representation? Interesting. Does he talk about the process of actually doing it? I mean, does he, throughout the entire process, is he asking them? Or I mean, is that how he does it? Or does he do it after the fact? He uses a secret shopper to pretend that they're the person. And with him, it's a much faster process. It's, you know, listening to the webinar, you know, deciding whether to buy, buying, and then reacting to what you receive and just sort of trying to put themselves in the, as much as they can into the buyer's shoes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, with yours, with your clients, I mean, when they come to you, they're very, I'm sure a lot of them nowadays are in fear, right? I mean, is that, is that what you're experiencing? Is a lot of your clients are just having immense amount of fear so they feel like they're going to get deported? Is that what you're experiencing? Absolutely. I mean, there's all kinds of misinformation going on right now. I mean, the real news itself is scary. But what I've been talking to people about lately is in the immigrant communities, here's what's happening. So someone in America will say something like, there's been some legislation that's been proposed in Congress. And so the staffers will write the bill for the congressperson. The congressperson may or may not read the whole bill. They'll get a summary of the bill. They'll read the talking points of the bill. Then they'll go out and talk to the press. And then the American press writes a story based on what the congressperson said about the bill. And then that what the American press writes up gets summarized into sort of like soundbitey type articles. Then those articles are translated back into the home country. And so they're published in the home country newspaper. And then the parents of the loved ones of the people in the United States read those articles and then they call back and tell people here everything. So it's like a great big game of telephone and things get really garbled. I had my law clerk do some research on H-1B work visas and there were literal articles written in English on American websites that were just flat out wrong. When I read the statutes that or the, the draft legislation, they completely contradicted what it said in the American article. So yeah, there's a lot of misinformation right now, a lot of fear. So yeah, anything that I can do interacting with people to combat fear is good. And I mean, I like doing that just as a human being to alleviate someone else's fear, but also from a a lawyer-client relationship, I think it really builds trust when you can help them sort of, the one thing I'm really trying to do is use accurate language and be very precise with what I say. And so I really learned to talk slowly I really learned to pause. I really learned to just let them talk and vent a little bit. And then I just sort of provide insight where I can without, you know, going crazy with, you know, too much detail or too much scary talk. My experiences with dealing with you are that before, before the our new president, the mood is pretty was pretty positive. You're helping people come here. I think even whenever we were in BNI together, you used to talk about how you were helping people come to the United States and, and live the American dream, right? And now it feels like it's shifted, right? So now it's shifted to your practice is more fear-based. Not from you. You're not marketing, but before it was more of a happiness kind of thing. Now it's more fear-based because of just the the state of things. Have you had to shift and how you're dealing with people. I know you said you gotta, you're sort of clarifying the statutes and all that kind of stuff, but do you have anything else to, to change your practice to meet those clients' expectations? It's interesting that you say that because I think about that from time to time, and I think about good baseball coaches or good sports coaches, and I think that the role of a coach is that when the team wins and they sort of pull out an amazing victory, I think the coach's job is to remind them that 
that they're not the greatest thing since sliced bread, that they still have other games to play, and that they still have to work and do everything else to maintain a high level. And then at the same time, when things are bad, I think the job of a coach is to build the team back up and to remind them that things are better than they seem right now. Yeah, it was a tough loss, but we have another game next week and let's get ready. So I think that's sort of my role too, is that I, I just both ways try to be the voice of reason. On the negative side, you know, now I try to get people to be realistic and understand. And in the old days, I think I was sort of, you know, trying to get people to be realistic. So I really just try to be a voice of reason. And I think that all translates to you too. I mean, the people that come to see someone who's been in a car accident or facing criminal charges, they have their own set of fears and their own concerns and their own pain points. And that's why they're coming to see you. Otherwise they wouldn't. And so you know, always the clients don't really care about hiring an attorney. Clients just care about making pain go away. No, you're absolutely right. And just from my experience dealing with clients, it all has to do with the setting the expectations up front, you know, what you what you can actually do with them. And the reason why I asked you that what I did is that when I read that book, Persuasion by Cialdini, who had also written Influence, it's really changed my way of looking at things because the way clients view things and expectations can be set very early just based upon simple wording or simple templates in your email or simple uh, simply going to your your website and viewing certain things it's really interesting and so now i every time i create something whatever sort of content whatever sort of video or we've created these new shock and all packages for clients there's wording in these packets that i've given to them and it's it's funny because I've put a completely different spin on stuff where before I didn't give it as much thought to it. But now I know what mood they're going to be whenever they sit down and actually read this packet. And I've really thought through all that kind of stuff. And I, I've tried to keep everything more positive, more of a positive spin. Because before, you, you do have your boogeyman, right? You've got your insurance companies for me. And so some of the stuff, some of my content was more attacking them, right? And I've shifted away from that a little bit, and I've gone more to, let's take care of you, right? Let's, let's make sure you get your medical care taken care of, your medical bills paid, things like that, which it's less of the attack and more of the, hey, we're going to support you, we're here for you that type of mentality. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback lately from clients about that because it's more about them, right? It's not about attacking the insurance companies. There, I have plenty of videos out there for that, and some clients really like that but it's not for everybody. So I have sat down and thought more about the whole process. And uh, as you know, I'm, whole, I'm big into Disney, and so that's made me think about the whole process from start to finish. So something else we've done, I, I may have mentioned this to you, is we're, whenever the, uh, a new client comes into the office, we have them meet each one of our employees. It's, it's sort of a process. It's kind of cool. That way, whenever they're on the phone with them later on, they can put a face to a name. So the client is more comfortable talking to that person. So it's, that's something that's also helped. So from start to finish, we sort of scripted it out, which has been really kind of neat. I can just tell that the interactions with the clients are, are much more positive. That's when they hire you, they meet everybody, or when they come in? When they come in, I, I sort of treat them one of the same. It's very rare that they come to the office and they're not, not going to hire me. Actually, since we started doing this, it's not been an issue at all. I mean, I, I can probably count on one hand, the number of times where someone's met with me and not hired me. That's just the way personal injury is, I think. Uh, once they come in, they're usually going to sign the contract. And they're not having to dish out money, so it's not hard for them to put their name on the contract. So it's usually not that big of an issue. So, yeah, but, yeah, when they come in for the initial consultation, they, they sit down, and Angie 
sits down and she actually, and obviously this doesn't count the virtual assistants that do a bunch of work at the back end, but Angie sits down, she does the, the pedigree information. It's very quick. Then once she's done, Kelsey will come in and do a lot more of the, the case details and get a big rundown from them about what happened. We have a lot of questions that we ask. And then I come in, I go, I clarify some things, I read through what has been written down, and I go through the contract with them. And so they've met with each one of us, and so they feel much more comfortable. Because I've had people in the past where they won't talk to Kelsey or they won't talk to Angie because that's not their attorney. They're very paranoid about who they talk to. And this has gotten rid of some of those concerns. It's interesting. You know, what got me thinking about this topic was I was remembering an early episode of I Love Marketing and they had uh, Dean Jackson on there and they were talking about sort of there's the things that go on on stage and that the the clients are seeing what's going on on stage. And then there's all these things backstage that sort of make the onstage work. And so what are each of the little steps that we have to do to make the onstage performance as good as possible? You know, like if, as a side note, we're taking our whole firm this week, we're all going to go see To Kill a Mockingbird on Thursday night, we're going out to dinner, and then we're going to go see To Kill a Mockingbird at the rep. And, you know, so with that play, there'll be stagehands who have to run all the props out, the actors all have to get in their places. And in order to really wow the audience, everyone's got to remember their lines and do things the right way. The lighting has to be right. The, the sound has to be good. The seats have to be comfortable. And so they encourage us as business owners to think of the same thing, like how do we micromanage? How do we get down to the nitty gritty details to really make sure that at each step of the process that things are being done correctly each time and and that the experience is uniform each time. And I think that it, your approach and scripting it out, I think that's probably really helpful. No, it really has been. And, I, and something else we've been doing, or we're going to start doing, we've recorded interviews. I've interviewed both Kelsey and Angie, and I've set them down. I actually had the camera on them, and I asked them questions. And I've had it edited by Nadish. And it's going to, the first week, well, they already get a, they already get a bunch of emails from us, but they're going to get one from us that is each day a video from each of us introducing themselves just in case, you know, they weren't that day, they're that day whenever the client signed up, whether it's introducing themselves, saying what they do specifically for the firm and how the clients can help out with their case, things they can do with their case to help out. And I anticipate that that should help quite a bit, too. It's going to ease some more of their concerns and also answer some more of their questions. And it's also going to help us because we're giving them advice on how, what things that they can do that are very specific to help us out with their case. So it's, uh, I'm going to test that out and see how that works as well. Cool. So I think we've given some good things for our audience, our listeners to talk about. Have you made any other strides or progress along these lines of trying to, not just the initial experience, but during the representation, I know that you, we talked on the past about how you're really good about maintaining that contact in the during unit. How would you talk about what you've scripted during the during unit? Oh, geez. I can talk, I can roughly talk about everything because it's, it's very detailed, but part of it is for our benefit and part of it's for their benefit. The big thing for their benefit is continually staying in front of them, right? Because with personal injury, there's these big lulls. And so we are constantly sending out letters and emails that they get. And just for the people that are just now starting to learn from this or listen to this podcast, my whole during unit 
is inside of Infusionsoft, so it's automated. And so you have to go from stage to stage to stage to stage, and once one stage is met, you go to the next stage. So, for example, first stage is, is intake, and so once intake's done and the client is still treating, then once treatment has completed, it, it triggers something else where you request all the medical records, and, and records are being requested to this point, but once the person has completed treatment, that's a trigger to, to get the rest of the medical records that we do not have. Then you get to the next stage. Once those records are in, we send out it's the demand stage. So you mark the file as records completed, send demands. So the demand is generated. And our demand is pretty much already generated the way it works. And so we just have to plug in some numbers and, and things like that. Once that's but, done... So, sorry, but those ahead. are all things that the clients would necessarily see. I was wondering more about the things that you do because you're really good about notifying the referring attorneys and notifying the clients as each of these steps. Is that all right? Automated? Right. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that in a second. I just want to give them a basic overview of how things work. So then, once the demand sent, we get an offer. Then it's another sequence. So during each one of these stages, for example, you said the referring attorneys, an email and a letter is fired off to the referring attorney. So they're fully updated on what's going on with the case because. With these personal injury cases, they're going to want their fee at the at the end. They want their co-counsel fee, so they're going to want that, and that way they're not calling me for an update on the case. And some of them, like you, you trust me, so you don't care. And so, but some some attorneys don't know me that well. That maybe they heard me from the podcast or whatever. Um, they don't know me as well, so it's good to keep them updated to know what's going on with the case. And then with clients during each stage, so that they know something is going on these letters and these emails are going out. And we also do these voice broadcasts where they're Infusionsoft. So when the demand is sent, a voice broadcast is sent to them. I don't make the phone call. Uh, it's automated. And it's a, it's my voice letting them know that the demand has been sent and that we should have a response in a, a couple of weeks. And I, I had to keep it kind of vague because sometimes I change the deadline that I put. I've been using 10-day deadlines but sometimes I have to extend it out to 14 or 30, depending on the circumstance. But I usually say, you know, a couple weeks, uh, and then it leaves them a message if they don't pick up. So that's one of those things where they're, they're constantly getting these updates. And some clients will call, like, hey, I got your voicemail. Thanks for calling me. Anything else going on with the case? So it's kind of cool because they think I actually called them when I really didn't. And then even during these dead times, there's these lulls. Letters will still be going out and emails will be going out. And they're just sometimes they're just generic where it says there'll be a med update letter where we'll ask them if they've gotten any additional treatment. They may have told us that they've they've completed the treatment, but just to let us know if they've gone to a, gone back to a doctor. Just basic general letters like that where we are constantly in front of these people and it's never changing. And they're not going to forget who their attorney is. We talked about that in the previous podcast. You don't want to be the the attorney that where the client forgets your name. So we are constantly in front of them and constantly updating them. So from their side of things, they're they're getting inundated with all these different things, and it looks like even though there may be a lull in their case, it looks like we're just we're papering the file and doing a bunch on it. Whenever in reality, sometimes we're just not because we're waiting for them to get done treating or whatever it might be. That's fantastic. That's exactly what I wanted to hear about. That I need to do a lot more of that. That's that's great. You're doing that. I think we have run our course on this week's show. It's probably time for Tyson's tip. Yep. All right. So the tip this week for me is just pretty simple, right? If you've not done this yet, sit down and break your practice into stages or phases or whatever you want to call it from start to finish. 
So it can be very, very simple. I, I went over today what my most of my stages are for the personal injury stuff. Whether you do criminal, whether you do whether you do immigration, estate planning, everything can be broken down into stages. And don't think that your your practice is unique and that you can't because you're fooling yourself. Sit down and actually write it out. Physically write it out or put it on the computer from point A to point Z, right? From start to finish and map it out. What's your process look like? That simple exercise right there is going to show you some deficiencies in your practice. And then that's going to be the the bedrock for really the foundation for scripting out your practice. Okay, what can I do here? What can I do here? What can I do here, do here from the client's perspective to to make them feel more comfortable or make them feel more confident in me, whatever it may be, script it from start to finish. It's an exercise that's going to take you 10 minutes. It really is. You sit down and you really break down your practice and from start to finish. What are the different stages? What are the triggers to to go into the next stage? That's a little exercise that's going to help you quite a bit. So that's my tip of the week. Fantastic. For my hack of the week, I'm going to go back to where it all began. And I got a great email today from Seth Godin. I get great emails every day from Seth Godin. I am encouraging everyone to sign up for his very simple blog. He blogs every single day. There's no bells or whistles, no lead magnets or videos or anything. It's just Seth blogging each day. Sometimes they're very short, but they're very powerful. Always good things to think about. I love today's post. And so I really encourage everyone to go to, actually, if you type in Seth in Google, uh, he comes up first. So SethGodin.com is where you go to get those. And I think that even if you don't read them all every day, the ones that you do read are fantastic. Good piece of advice right there, just alone, is don't get too fancy with your blogs. Just just put something out there. Just sit down, even if it's 120 words. We do that all the time with 140 characters with Twitter, you know, just just sit down and put something out there. Don't, don't try and put fancy gadgets or pictures or videos and stuff like that in it and do what he does and just do something simple every day all right mr tyson we'll talk to you next week all right man talk to you soon we'll see you thanks for listening to the maximum lawyer podcast podcast. to stay in contact with your host and to access more content content. go to maximumlawyer.com have a great week and catch you next time